Rank Draft Trade. Welcome back to the Rank Draft Trade Podcast. I'm your hostess. Now that's the stuff. <laughs> Mike, I know you want to say it. <laughs> I I'm gave trying. you your shot. And I don't think we wrote in pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it there. I am your hostess, Gina Noble. You can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF. And allow me to introduce the fantasy brains of the pod. We have at underscore Papa Bear Claw, Mike. Hello. And of course, we have Mr. Nick James at Iowa in the NFL. Nick, say hello to your friends, fans, friends, phalanges. <laughs> yes, hello with my phalanges to the fans and friends for our last podcast in 2022. Yeah, wow. We're rounding out 2022. 22. This is exciting. So what else is exciting is the topic for today's podcast, which is the importance of trade deadlines in your leagues. Also determining next year's picks with max points for. So I'm kind of excited to get into this because I do think these are popular topics to discuss to make sure to keep the integrity of your fantasy leagues at their best. So of course, my super smart fantasy brains, Nick and Mike, have a lot of valuable information to add to this. Shall we get started? Noble, do you have any leagues that don't have a trade deadline? I do have some leagues that don't have a trade deadline. They make me really, really nervous. When you don't have a trade deadline, the most important thing is having a commissioner whose main goal and priority is always to keep the integrity of the league at its best. So my disclaimer is I prefer deadlines and I'll give you examples as to why during the show, but it can be possible to be successful without a trade deadline and it can work, but you really have to know the people in your league really well. I feel like if you have strangers and you have leagues where you don't know everybody, you cannot assume everybody is there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do feel like trade deadlines are most important, especially if you're playing with people who you just don't know how they may react through the season and what their main goal is. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do have some some leagues with no trade deadlines. It's not my favorite thing. I, I actually much prefer leagues with trade deadlines. So some of those problems would be like collusion, potentially. A hundred percent. Like I'm going to trade you this and we'll split the pot or, you know, like things that open up areas of gray where it might not be a hundred percent clear as to what if the intentions are good or not, or whether people are doing things uh, maliciously. It sounds like a headache from a commissioner's perspective, trying to sort that out and find that out. So yes, definitely with no trade deadline, that's something where it seems like, especially with that championship or finals or whatever, right within reach, that the motive to do something nefarious is greater than if the trade deadline were farther away where there's still six teams that think they're competing. At least. And I think if you're not going to have a trade deadline, then it's super important to have some kind of a veto clause in your frameworks where if a trade goes down and it's clear that it's very one sided.
one-sided or unfair to the league, you got to have a way to override it. Vetoes is an interesting discussion. I don't believe in ever having vetoes, but also shaping yeah. rules around it so that you never have to put yourself in that position where you need to or would want to or it should be. Mike, have you ever experienced anything with that as far as trade deadlines? Uh, yeah, I have one of my uh, paid leagues. Not I'm not commissioner. It has no deadline. And every year for the last three years, within the next two days, you know, just before the championship game starts, one of the teams kind of just goes all in on a player. And last year, I, I bought Kelsey two days before Thursday, before the Thursday night game. The year before, Jonathan Taylor moved. This year, we'll see what happens. And nobody, it's actually kind of funny because nobody who's bought players at this time has won. <laughs> it's just not worked out. <laughs> it's not worked out. I bought Kelsey last year, and it's two tight end premium. Is it something where it's like an overpay when it happens during the playoffs? Oh, it always is. I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I bought Kelsey for what ended up being the 111 and the 108 this year, this coming year. So it was two firsts, and that's what the picks ended up being just before the championship game last year. Yeah, it's an overpay, but it is two tight end, and it is half premium. Mm-hmm. So on that subject of, like, overpaying or buying people at the last minute and then it not working out, I have an interesting story. But I do feel like there is some karma sometimes that goes along with these trades that can go down. And so there was actually just a situation in a league I'm not in, but my husband's in. And it was a really bad trade. And Kelsey was involved in that. It's funny. Kelsey always ends up being that player at the end of the year. Game changer. Oh yeah, total can be except for (laughs) when you know that the trade is bad and you still acquire him. It's almost like don't do it because you're going to shoot yourself in the foot on that. And I feel like Kelsey has not been putting up what he was prior to the trade. So I'm a little PO'd because my Kelsey shares obviously hurt from the karma, but my story, one of the reasons why trade deadlines are super important to me is because I almost got burned by a trade deadline, made it to the championship game. It was the week of the championship and I'm no longer in this league, but it was actually the commissioner of the league who had taken, tried to take advantage of both of the teams in the championship. I being one of them came to me with this super loaded, you know, I was going to be getting some really big players, but I also was going to be giving up a lot. And then he went to the other championship team and he basically came at us and was like, well, if you don't take this, he's going to take it. And whoever takes this deal is going to be the winner. And if you looked at the trade and you looked at the two teams that were in the championship, it should have worked out that way. Well, I just couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm not willing to sell my soul. Yes, I could end up winning, but I have no future because I've just given up so much of my future in Dynasty and I'm going to have to rebuild the whole nine yards. So I didn't take it. Well, the other guy I was playing against took it and I was really upset because I've built this great team. I've had a great season. I made some really good trades to, to get to where I was and I worked really hard and I made it to the championship and now I felt like I was going to lose to somebody who tried to bully me into taking a trade. I didn't take it. The other guy did. And I'm like, really? This is how I'm going to lose? So we go into the championship game and I'm just sick to my stomach over this whole situation. Well, lo and behold, I'm sure that most people remember the year that Camara, who I then nicknamed Carmara, put up six touchdowns in the championship game and I ended up winning. He had like 63 points or something ridiculous. 
ridiculous. The origin of karma. I was, I was like, oh my God, this is happening. And the guy who had made that trade literally had put in the chat, he's like, this is my karma. This is my karma. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you realized. In summary, yes, there are potentially bad lopsided trades that are encouraged to go down when there's a championship on the line one week away, like you're setting a DFS lineup. Like only thing that matters is this one week and then, you know, I can win. With a trade deadline, you still get some deals where it's like clearly somebody is going to be winning next year, but then also clearly someone is winning this year. The deals that I've seen go down like are justifiable for the most part. Whereas when it's in the playoffs, there's that I'm only going to take it if it's a giant win. Like they're more inclined to have a more lopsided deal when you have the ability to trade within the playoffs. So obviously you've experienced some of that too. Yeah. So like an example of a trade that makes sense. One of the leagues I am in the championship in this league, there's no trade deadline and a trade happened today, which is totally understandable. So the guy I'm playing in the championship, he had Tua. And he traded for Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, it was like Teddy for a third. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would rather him be able to compete and get somebody. But you go to waivers, it's a 14-team league. There isn't anybody on waivers. So do you really want to go in and be like, yeah, I got this one? I mean, it'd be nice from my end to be like, yeah, you know, he's playing without this quarterback and he's got to put somebody in a super flex position. That was a totally justifiable trade. It's probably a good thing there wasn't a trade deadline because he would have been up Shit's Creek otherwise. I find that interesting. When you don't have a trade deadline, you're not incentivized to gather the appropriate depth before the playoffs start. Like, you're more incentivized to just go in rolling with your optimal starting lineup, and if something happens and you need something, you just trade for it, you know? So it's like you're not incentivized to be, keep holding these QBs in case something happens, and then both Hurts and Lamar go down in the last two weeks, and then now you at least have yeah. two QBs left because you've been stashing them and using your bench to, you know, gather value so you can appropriate it if needed. Yeah, trade deadlines are making you be more prepared. If you don't have a trade deadline, like, what's your incentive to trade during the season? Yeah. Why don't you just wait until the playoffs? Unless you're going to win lopsided during the season, might as well wait to the playoffs so that I can get my lop. I'm not trading him unless I get a lopsided landslide victory. Why not? Because I could trade him week 15 week 16 someone's going to take Derrick Henry so I'm not going to sell him for what he's really worth I'm going to only take a big W selling Derrick Henry I don't think that's good for the league Yeah, where you create an environment where the only trades that go down are lopsided so one of the ways to keep that from happening is to have a trade deadline now I don't think it should be an aggressive one as far as I want to go out is one week before the playoffs start and that's actually my preference the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th seed sometimes in leagues were decided that last week so like in and out of the playoffs like all comes down uh, sometimes to that last week so you have it one week before that where the end of the monday night game is the deadline yeah i don't mind the week before playoffs do you have a preference mike yeah my preference is the week before playoffs um i think it does the same thing with driving trades as any deadline does except it will add a few more to those fringe teams who that week can potentially still get in creates a little bit there I, obviously it could change things for the playoffs for teams if mm -hmm. 
the seven seed trades becomes a six seed and gets them gets them in but i, know, I think it moves trades a bit that way not only that it's with like six maybe even more teams are trying to get those win now pieces at the trade deadline whereas if you don't have a trade deadline you might as well wait until it's just two teams yeah and then you extort those teams so you have more trade partners more fair deals going down it's just like if you're trying to do it to incentivize trading to allow teams to trade to get better to be able to move off older assets for younger things so that worse teams can get better i think that is more likely to occur with a trade deadline especially one close to the playoffs like mike and i prefer oh yeah do you mike do you have any leagues that don't have trade deadlines yeah i have the one paid i mentioned it's kind of funny is it doesn't have a trade deadline but not a ton of trades happen throughout the year in that league yeah during the draft things happen the so like uh during the season a couple of trades will happen and then the biggest trade of the year is usually before the championship game or during the playoffs yeah so like having no deadline and you know you can trade whenever you want yeah that did not lead to more trades it, mm-hmm. it's probably less than most of my other leagues do you, are you guys a fan at all of i've seen some leagues do where non-playoff teams can trade and playoff teams can trade what are your thoughts on on doing something like that where it's like yes the trade deadline is just non-playoffs can't trade with playoffs i mean i like the idea of non-playoff teams being able to trade although that rarely happens just because they're in the same predicament they didn't make the playoffs their teams aren't great they all want the younger players they all want the picks so you're not going to see a tremendous amount of trades that way but it is good to have it opened up for them you know kind of look for towards the future maybe try to get something done but it was a heated debate a couple years ago with league settings that people didn't want a trade deadline so what we ended up compromising was that the trade deadline will be the week before playoffs start not the week playoffs start but the week before but then as soon as playoffs start trading is reopened for all the eliminated teams so if you have five qbs and you want to flip one for a young rb with another team that's also rebuilding that needs qbs you can still make those kind of moves during the season while players name is in the headlines and be able to take advantage of the same things you would between rebuild and rebuild during the season but during the playoffs your opportunity to do that ends at the deadline uh when once you're in the playoffs you can't trade at all now noble's question is can playoffs teams trade between each other i really don't like have a problem with that other than now you also have collusion to worry about you get to the last two teams and i trade you all my stars and we'll split the pot or you're losing and you're going into the monday night game and then you trade with another playoff team sell them derrick henry when you're going to lose this week anyways but trade before the monday night game is over and you can still basically help another playoff team to build for the future during the playoffs yeah so i don't like it between playoff teams just between eliminated teams personally yeah that makes sense because then you're just if you're out if you get beat during the playoffs you're still in that little bubble of people that can trade so the same thing could happen so it would need to be just non-playoff only teams that can trade Mm -hmm. or eliminated yeah like if playoff teams were able to trade like you could be a a team that's probably going to end up losing and it's now sunday night and you're down big to another guy and then you see who's going to end up playing him and then you can try to trade with him and load the other guy up yeah yeah just stupid things like that that just can be easily avoided by just not having the trades open for them yeah i like things that encourage trades and don't make collusion a prime option or a an easy out eliminate 
eliminate the temptation for it. I think having those things in place makes it where like that temptation would need also a bunch of ducks to fall in a row and things to work out well for you to also happen. So it's like, eh. but when it's just one week away, that temptation is stronger. I think it's a, should you really create rules that protect people from each other or from themselves? I try to think of a lot of them from a commissioner's perspective because I am often the commissioner in a lot of these leagues. And it's like trying to take the judgment out of whatever happens where I don't have to make judgment calls on whether people are or are not playing their optimal lineups or whatever. And the importance of protecting your team from these trades going down is just you can alienate an entire league with one bad trade. So you're always going to have some people who are just like, yeah, I don't care, whatever, you know, but you're going to always have at least a couple of people who are like, this is unfair. This trade was wrong. This trade was bad, you know, and then it's up to the commissioner to fix it. But the commissioner isn't always going to be able to fix it or fix it to everybody's liking without completely undoing it. And if you don't have a veto ability, then you might not be able to undo it. So then you look at your league completely combusting mm-hmm. and you no longer have a league because everybody's upset and PO'd. So. so the whole problem with the veto for me is it's not necessarily the trade that's the problem. It's the it's the guy, people you have in your league that's the problem. Correct. If you have a trade that needs to be vetoed mm-hmm. um, or that's so lopsided in one way or that maybe is collusion but you can't prove it, that's a league mate problem. Mm-hmm. That's not the trade is so bad it's going to alter the league. No, these guys that you have in the league are going to you know mess with the league. Not that specific trade. So that's what I don't like the veto either. I know Nick doesn't. If a veto happens, then typically two people are being removed from a league because it's because of collusion or someone is like, you know what? I quit this league. As a matter of fact, I'm going to say a middle finger to everyone and I'm going to trade all my players for a fifth. There you go. Now I'm leaving the league because screw you guys. So it's like usually there's people that need removed if you actually have to veto a trade. Otherwise, it's like you're a grown adult. You make your own decisions. You want to do this. I want to do this. That's what's your motives for saying you want to do that. Is it to the detriment of the league? You know, are you doing something that you wouldn't do in a properly competitive atmosphere? Yeah. Paid leagues too. The the challenges, if you, again, if you don't know your league mates, if you're putting a a, a league together, you know, and you got some guy who comes in or girl um, who comes in and they're not planning on being there long-term, they're just coming in and they want to win and be done. And it's a money league. So there's money on the line. Who's to say this person doesn't come in, make all of these big trades, stack their team, win, and then they're planning on orphaning their team anyway. And they can do that. And as a paid league commissioner, if they're trading draft picks in the future, they need to be paid for those. Right. Either way, regardless of what picks are traded, any league I'm doing that I'm running is paid at least two years in advance. And then any any picks that are traded to have to be, you know, paid for beyond that. So if somebody's going all in like that and they're just coming into the league, yeah, sure, that's great. They're paid for three years. Yeah. You can find somebody for an orphan for two years, especially one that just won the league. Yeah. I mean, all of my leagues are pay ahead. You're at least paid in two years. It happens in leagues when you don't play, when you play with people you don't know. You see that a lot. Try to win it and get out where the pot to win it pays off whatever years I had to trade picks for to make it happen and then quit and then play in another league. So you make it more difficult to do that when you have a trade deadline that isn't non-existent where it's before the playoffs where it's like, yeah, you can make huge 
landslide trades to try to win, but you also need to have these players survive the next three weeks. And it's like you actually have to make the playoffs or your seed could potentially be changed. So it's like make it where like there needs to be some more forethought and planning because that's the reason you play Dynasty mm. is for forethought and planning. And it's like when you take away the incentive to like build a roster with depth and have planning and building for the future, when you make it all about whoever makes the trade in the playoffs every year, it makes that whole building depth thing not nearly as important. Right. It's about who won that trade in the playoffs. And it makes it's it's like a hollow victory where it's like it's not something like you built for and you made. It's something you bought at the deadline at the 11th hour. All right. Well, you guys want to anything else you want to add in about trade deadlines? To transition us to the next bit, one more reason for uh, the trade deadline and not having trades in the playoffs is that, yeah, you can trade for players that are good, but they're also going to likely increase what your max points for are, which makes your pick worse. How good your team is determines your pick. Well, if your team is as good as what you bought after picks stopped being determined, which when you go by max PF, it's by your optimal lineups totals combined for the regular fantasy season. It doesn't include the playoffs. So if you make a trade in the playoffs, it's not affecting your pick. That's the way I prefer to have picks determined and uh, just another reason why I think there should be some sort of a trade deadline because I mean like your pick's supposed to reflect your team so that's supposed to be doing so. One more reason for a trade deadline is so that the players that are on your roster determining your pick are actually on your roster at the end of the season. Yeah, I like having a max points for because otherwise you have people who are just putting ridiculous players in their lineups and not setting their lineups because they're trying to lose every game and definitely discourages tanking. There is no tanking. Yeah, I mean, I like it for all the reasons you said and all the reasons Nick does it, but the biggest reason why I like reverse max PF for draft order straight across the board is it takes away any kind of babysitting or question on whether or not somebody is setting a legitimate lineup. Right. I have I have some leagues I'm in where the, you know it's like you know set your best lineup. Well, what does that mean? Right. And how am I the one that's going to determine what that is? You are the god of start set now. <laughs> Obviously, if you if you play like a fifth string running back over like a, you know like a top five running back, that's that's clear. But like when you're kind of doing it like little bits, like you know Gallup over Hopkins because you know you think Gallup's you know like things like that where it just doesn't look right. But you can't do anything about it. Like what what are you gonna do? You're gonna switch the guy's lineup? Then what if the mm-hmm. other guy scores more? Mm-hmm. You don't have to babysit any of that. Have you ever not caught last second news and played a player yeah. who ended up being out? Yep. What yeah. do you do then? Do you fix it? Right. No. And then you're opening that Pandora's box yeah. for like start sit decisions, and then you have to micromanage, and then you have to argue about woulda, shoulda, coulda, and your opinion versus my opinion. And it just you avoid all that by just going straight max PF. Yeah. Some people like to include playoffs and then max PF. I still don't like that because then that means if I'm currently sitting in like the sixth place and my team isn't very good, I'm incentivized to not start my best lineup, so it knocks me out of the playoffs, and I make sure I get one of those top picks. And then the fifth, sixth place game. Yep, so then you're being incentivized to not play optimal lineups, but then you're supposed to. But there's a reward if you don't. Mm. I don't like putting people in that position. And then now I have to be judge and jury, whether you have or have not. And I'm the god of start sit, and I know better than you, and this is what you should have or shouldn't have done. So it's like, you take that out by just going straight max PF. You have a lot of leagues, Mike. Yeah. Me too. I've missed various players in lineups before. Yeah. 
I've messed up and oops. Yeah. I left a player in my super flex who played at one and I didn't get my quarterback in there in time and I didn't play obviously what would have been my optimal lineup if I had checked that roster. What do you do then? And it won't benefit you now. I don't even have as many leagues as you guys and I make that mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do the best I can, but yeah, we're all human and well, there's times that we miss something. With Max PF, you're not rewarded with your pick for making that mistake because you're going to be credited with what your best lineup would have been whether you started it or not. So it takes that out of there where you're not rewarded for not setting your lineups or starting poor lineups. You also can't hide guys on your taxi. Yep, because taxi does count towards max PF, and I don't understand why they won't allow taxi. Oh, it does? With Dynasty Best Ball. It's like you already calculated max PF. Why can't you? Nope, you can't. Taxi isn't even a setting in Dynasty Best Ball on Sleeper for whatever reason. Oh, I feel like taxi shouldn't be counted in your max PF. Oh, really? So if you do a, so let's, so let's say you, you do a startup and like the, let's say the year's like 2020 and you get like, you know, like Burrow and Herbert. Mm-hmm, to, uh, <laughs> and you, know, you load up on like a bunch of the top rookies. You trade off all your other picks for like future picks and, and you get like all these upside guys. And then who's on your taxi squad? It's Burrow. It's Herbert. You have you have your four or five best players in your taxi squad. You start scrubs all year. You have all these picks loaded up into next year. And then I guess I'm just weird. I always set my best lineup. Even when I'm out of the playoffs, I'm out of everything, I'm still going in and I'm setting my best lineup. So I just don't like think I don't think like that. But you're a jerk if you do. <laughs> This is what led me to making taxis flexible, as I like to refer to, as in having no set deadline where they lock, and if you activate someone from it, you can't move them back. Because they're going to count towards your picks anyway. Yeah. So there's no incentive to keep them on taxi, even though they could be in your lineup. You just would swap them out for someone else to move to taxi and then move them to your lineup. Yeah, that's a good point. I encountered this having Herbert on a taxi, his Rick season. And then as soon as Tyrod's trainer got to work, he, Herbert was should have been in my lineup and I had to move him off a taxi and basically cut a roster spot to do so. But it was going to count towards my pick either way, whether I started him or not. So I, I do like that all those players on your team count towards your max points for. I, I also, I lock my taxis, but still do the reverse max PF. So they still count towards your score um, just so that you're selecting guys that probably shouldn't be in your lineup on your taxi to kind of keep your lineup set up. But I like the way you do it as well. I feel like if they're going to be used in your your max PF, then it's only fair that you should be able to utilize them, but you do get the advantage of if they meet the criteria of your taxi, you could move them down there. That's the way I prefer it, and I found that it makes it easier to trade your younger players when they're not locked on your taxi. Right. I played in a bunch of leagues with locked taxis for a while, and almost none of them are like that now, but I would constantly work back and forth on a deal. Eventually, we get a deal we accept and I traded somebody on my taxi that I wasn't paying attention that was on my taxi and not on my bench in this league and then now I'm over a player and I have to cut someone I didn't want to have to cut. It makes it where it's like no I don't want to trade that guy because he's on my taxi because then I have to give up a roster spot if I am going to trade him. It's like what are you going to trade him for picks Well, it's a young player on your taxi anyways it just makes those players on your taxi harder to trade away or even for. Yeah. So 
I felt like if you unlock the taxi, it allows players to be moved up to up and down from there. And I get it. Why don't you just extend your bench? At least this provides this some incentive where you know you have some younger team players on your team kind of in development slots. So it's like a extra bench spots with conditions. I think Mike has said before. Yeah. Do you want to kind of wrap it up, Nick? Do you have anything to say about your playoffs? You make any finals? I made one. Um, my lovely husband knocked me out of the other one I was in contention for, which was my home league. I don't know. That's fine. Whatever. I don't know that I had the team to win in there. <laughs> Sometimes I don't want the stress when I don't feel like I have the true like winning team. I'm just like, it's fine. It is what it is. But the one that I did make the playoffs, I'm actually reigning champ in that league. And I only won this week by like, a what was it? Like a point? I was sweating it out. I had Brady and he had Fournette and it was ugly. Brady, oh my God, what is happening? And it was the last, it was like G Russell Gage's catch. <laughs> what did it for me. I legit had a adult temper tantrum. I'm not even joking. Like it was bad. Craig is like, you need to go to sleep. I'm like, I'm going to bed. I can't even watch this. So I like rolled over and pouted my way to sleep. And I was like, I'm, <laughs> I have dominated during the regular season. I have Amon Ra on that team. I have such a good team in there. And I'm like, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get down to this. I'm going to get beat in like the summer finals and then I'm not going to be in the championship and it was that last catch and I know Craig was like oh please sweet Jesus let her win because this is going to be so bad so I happened to wake up at the end and I was like I lost it and I and he's like no you actually won you won by like a point and I'm like what so that was really exciting but now I'm like I'm like oh my god like a crazy person and like shaking in the corner thinking about the finals. It's it's a good league. Yeah, not only that, you won by half a point exactly. A hair. Half a point exactly, and you're 22 and 6. Oh, it was a half a point? Yep. Oh my god. Your husband shared and bragged about it in the group chat. Oh yeah, I saw <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he, listen, he was like praying. <laughs> He's like, this is gonna be so bad if she loses. <laughs> My life is over and it literally has nothing to do with me. <laughs> Let me tell you my team in there. I have Mixon, Chubb, Amon Ra, Justin Jefferson, Saquon Barkley, Latavius Murray, McLaurin, Burrow, and Brady. And then I have for my, I have Hayden Hurst, who's been out, who's killing me. Hayden Hurst is killing you. <laughs> yeah, he's Hurst. He's Hursting me. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Of all these players, Hayden Hurst is killing me. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty solid team. I know. Can you believe I'm like, what's up, Jawan and Johnson? Who's yeah. even talking about that guy? And I'm over here pissed because he put up two points. Do you have any playoff scares, Papa? Any what? Any playoff scares? Scares? Or anything interesting happened for this uh, playoff so far? Yeah. Any any corner rocking? Uh, I've, I had a bunch of playoff teams. I only have a few championship teams left, but it's it's been fun. I, I just missed uh, the championship game to Pigs by uh, messing up and uh, missing that lineup and leaving Hurts in. That was frustrating. Piggy! Yeah. But if you gotta lose to somebody, who better than Pigs? I, I lost by point one by point one six. Oh. Uh. 
That sucks. Yeah, it did. And I, like, I went through all of them that day. Like, it was like, all right, I got them all. And I, I didn't get them oh, all. Oh, no. I missed just that one. So, Hurst, that's what killed me in my home league. I lost Hurst and I had to pick up somebody. I actually picked up Goff, who put up like 32 points. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I shouldn't really complain. It's a hot, big upside. Yeah. My favorite team that's going on to, uh, it looks like it's going to win back to back championships in a paid league that I drafted myself and built myself. My lineup from last week was Herbert. Barkley, Chubb, Hopkins, Pittman, Amon Ra, Mark Andrews, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Daniel Jones, with like Kyler, Akers, Montgomery on the bench, and McLaurin. Ooh, and you lost in that league last week? Oh, no, I won that one this week. I'm going to the championship oh, again. Oh. I was going to say, you lost with that team? Did you play Akers? I did not play Akers once this year. Oh. So... <laughs> What's this here? Oh, I also uh, have Dobbins. So, I also have Dobbins on that. Team. Of I have course, like a, I have a ton of players on that team. It's crazy. Is anybody else in that league? Like, how did they let you get all these players? Well, Chubb, I had gotten for cheap because he's getting old. Barkley, I got for cheap because he was always hurt and he wasn't going to play again and he was never going to be good. Daniel Jones, I got for cheap because he's Daniel Jones. Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Pittman I got before the breakout. Amon Ra, I drafted as a rookie. Amon Ra, somebody gave me for yeah. free because I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Higgins, I traded like Julio Jones or something for like two years, something stupid. Well, yeah, nice. Akers is my most rostered running back that wasn't free <laughs> of all my playoff teams. You were so happy to see Akers last week blow it up. My most rostered wide receiver on playoff teams is DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it was like the fantasy gods got me a Christmas present when they allowed yeah. Akers and DJ Moore to both blow up in the same week in the playoffs. <laughs> It was like, thank thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So over half my leagues are in the finals. This has been the best fantasy football playoff season of my career playing dynasty football with over 90% of my leagues making the playoffs. And I have leagues all the way from 16 to 8. The majority of them, more than all the others combined, are 12 teamers. But uh, 75% of my teams, or almost 75%, made the second round. And then over half my teams have made the finals. So hoping that I can bring home at least 25% of my leagues with a championship this weekend. So wish me luck. Good luck. We need luck against Chisco. I'm a little nervous in there. He's got a pretty <laughs> solid team and he beat us this week, but it's a it's a two-week final. Oh man. I'm like, ooh, I know. He's got he's got a pretty solid team. Noble, you and I's uh co-managed forget week one 2021. We are undefeated. Yes! And we are going to the finals. Woo-hoo! to potentially finish a perfect season. Oh my God. Now I'm really nervous. (laughs) See, that was what I was nervous about. I was undefeated for the longest time (laughs) in, in my, the one that I'm in the championship. I was undefeated in that for a while. And then I got beat and I was kind of like, okay, I feel like I can breathe. Like the, the loss came. That's fine. It happened. But now I'm like, oh my God, I can't be this dominant and then (laughs) lose. Like I can't. And we win when we win we get that really cool pipe that's all engraved so i already have one and i could get another one and i'm just like oh i really want to i mean everybody wants to win nobody goes in and they're like man i really want to lose so like obviously i want to win but i want pipe number two craig doesn't even have pipe number one yet i could have pipe number two (laughs) he's gonna punch me in the shoulder when he hears this and be like really (laughs) 
Fun fact, my forget week one 2020 is also an undefeated team. So week one, Ooh. two years in a row, apparently I've got it going on. Heck yeah. Uh, I have two 2019 leagues that are currently undefeated that will be trying to finish a undefeated season. So the moral of the story is Nick just needs one pl- one week of play <laughs> in the NFL to pick the perfect fantasy teams. <laughs> All I need is someone, everyone to overreact to week one and I can finally yes. get the players I want. <laughs> yes, Nick, if you want Nick's best advice, it's in the mm-hmm. second week of the NFL season. Yeah. On the other side of the coin, I have two teams that are six and eight going to the finals. Ooh, that's, oh. That feels wrong. One of yeah. those is forget week three, 2021. So don't listen to me by week three. Done. Week three's out. <laughs> Definitely stick with week one. Oh, that's funny. But somehow it's in the championship for whatever reason. <sighs> I, think, I think my week three, 2020 is going to the championship. I gotta look. I always forget that one. I will tell you the timing of like fantasy playoffs and championships are really hard for me because there's always, there's already so much going on for the holidays. And then I'm just sitting there trying to enjoy and I'm like having adult temper tantrums because (laughs) my players aren't doing well and it's Christmas and I'm like, I'm ridiculous right now. Like I just want to enjoy Christmas and I'm literally yelling at these players. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. The whole Christmas, like Christmas Eve and Christmas landing on Saturday and Sunday where the games were, I was not a fan. That doesn't happen every year, right? That's only like the Saturday and Sunday games happen every year, but it just so happened Christmas and Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. We got red zone on a Saturday this year. Yeah. I did not like that because it was really putting a damper in my Christmas. (laughs) I was like, can we postpone games so I can just enjoy my holiday? (laughs) I got DJ Moore and Acres for Christmas, so I was stoked. Yes. Merry Christmas. Christmas miracle. (laughs) I got Brady to finally do something halfway decent to, so that was a Christmas, that was my Christmas miracle. For at least like a whole quarter. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I, it was so bad. It's got old. And I had picked up Tampa Bay's defense because I thought with the backup in Arizona, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And that didn't pan out. I should have picked up, I think it was, was it Jacksonville's defense that put up like 21 points or something ridiculous? It wasn't Denver's defense who I played in my only redraft and lost. Ooh. No. You're McSorley mistaken. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Everyone played D-hop. Yep. Yep. That was a hot mess. Yep. All right. Well, shall we wrap this little party Yeah, with a bow. Time to get to bed. All right, great. Well, we certainly hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode about trade deadlines and max PF for future picks. And as always, we appreciate you listening in to the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast. Make sure to follow us, like us, subscribe to us so you never miss an episode. Make sure to get to Twitter and follow us on Twitter and... As always, we hope we made your fantasy dreams come true. Mine came true. Yes, Christmas miracles all the way around. <laughs> you get DJ more points, and you get DJ more points. <laughs> and Cam Akers goes off for and 30. Cam Akers. Like Cam Akers actually is still a viable running back. Um, hopefully. I was ha- I listen, I was really happy for him. He's had a tough season. Poor Cam. So finally, maybe this is Cam's breakout. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. in the making. I'm crossing my fingers. With all the acres I have, I could start like a ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make
Acres is the place to be. Green Acres, come on, you guys. Sounds like a retirement home. <laughs> no, Green Acres, do you remember? No, you don't remember, because you're a baby. Mm -hmm. That's the song, Green Acres is the place to be. <laughs> okay, we're out. <laughs> on that note, thank you for listening. Goodbye. Good evening. Good night.